Hello and welcome to episode 25 of Together, a Brighton and Hove Albion podcast. My name is Josh, as always, and we are here to take a look back um, at the game at Old Trafford this weekend, um, to take a look at the FA Cup coming forward, uh, and really just talk about the upcoming month of February too. Um, We're going to do what we always do. Uh, well, I say we always. I've been mixing it up a lot lately, but I think I've found a nice little uh, a nice little routine that suits me and gets everything in that I want to talk about every week. Um, we'll do a match analysis of Manchester United, of course. Um, that's one thing that has stayed a constant ever since I started this whole uh, little thing. And uh, after that, we'll do our top five uh, other stories of the week uh, that surround the Albion um, or include the Albion in some way. So let's start with the United analysis. Um, We had some fan feedback this week uh, from Dan. Thank you very much for sending the email in. Um, I'm going to read this out verbatim because there isn't a huge amount. um, And some of it we will uh, attack head on in the analysis. um, And some of it we'll just talk about right now. Um, So he... He says, uh, I think that Hutton picked his team based on experience instead of talent again today, with Murray over Andone not the right choice for me. Murray was not good enough yet again, and I think this has to be his last season at the club, especially in such a vital capacity. I'm going to stop there, um, because some of this stuff we're going to be dealing with in the um, blah, 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 in the the analysis. This is not the analysis. but for the most part, I, th- I would agree with that statement. Um, I think that it was definitely a case of we're playing one of the best teams in the country. Let's pick a team that has been there before. Um, and Glenn is one of the most experienced strikers in the league, let alone just with us. Um, but I do agree. I don't think it was the right choice either. Um, I think that a game like this against a top six team, we needed to have pace on the counter-attack, and Lacardia actually did show that kind of danger whenever we went forward, um, but overall it was just him, so I would agree with that statement. Um, I think that it would be a good thing. Yeah, I think that um, I do think that this should be Murray's last year. Um, in a, such a vital capacity, I think is the key words. Um, Glenn Murray's contract runs till 2020, so we do have him for another year, and I think that's perfect. Um, I think he should be absolutely nowhere else but at bench. Um, I definitely don't want to get rid of him, um, but yeah, I think he should be there. I think he, I think this is should be his last season as a uh, proper rotating striker. Um, so yeah, on to the next part. Uh, I think that Andone has proved himself enough to make the start in 11, but still Hutton doesn't start him. Um, yep, agree with that. Uh, Glenn Murray has played about 100 more minutes um, in the Premier League than Andone in the last eight games, and neither have scored. Um, and Andone, for the most part, has came on as a sub, so he's really not been set up to be that successful. But he has scored against Bournemouth in the Cup, so, you know, it's one of those things. Um Solly March wasn't good enough for me today again. Hoping that Hutton can find some way to get Knockout in there as a replacement. I know a lot of fans have been bashing Bong on social media, and I have to say I largely agree. However, I don't think he was at fault for the loss at all. All players have bad games, so I think it's unfair to blame him fully, especially as it was yet another soft penalty given to a top six team. However, overall thought it was a positive game for us, with Proper, Dunk and Duffy having good games yet again. Thought Button played well, which is good to see as his confidence looked shaky in the first few games. Um, We're going to address Dunk, Duffy, Proper 
and Sonny March in the uh, Ambong, in fact, all of them in the match analysis. Um, so we will get to that, Dan. Some of that I agree with. In fact, most of that I agree with. Um, and But we'll talk about Button now. Um, I thought Button played well too. Uh, it was a nice change. I thought he really struggled against uh, West Ham and I thought he was really shaky in that opening game against Everton. But he's definitely uh, gained some confidence. He looks really, really commanding in the air. Um, I mean, he's a tall lad. And I think it. I think he's. Uh, I think he's definitely came on in leaps and bounds in the last couple of games, and maybe this is once again just a testament to how good our uh, our goalkeeping coaching staff are, um, because we seem to see every single goalkeeper coming through. We were told that Button was a calamity. We were told that Jason Steele wasn't fit to wear a shirt to play professional football, um, and yet both have had pretty good performances for us in the last couple of weeks. So. Perhaps it's just a case of, you know, our coaching staff are just that good. They can develop these keepers. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think he did play well. Thank you so much for the feedback, Dan. Um, feel free to send us any kind of tweets, ats, hashtags, whatever you want to do, uh, whether you agree or disagree with his feedback or my feedback. Um, so let's start with mine as well. Uh the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, we're going back to the old format that I enjoyed because it's really quite relevant for the last couple of games. So we'll start with the good, as always. Um, and the good is the second half. Uh, it's become a serious pattern that we can really full-on compete with a top-six team toe-to-toe, -to -toe, but we only tend to be able to do it for 45 minutes. Um, that second half, we had 48% possession, 80% uh, pass accuracy, uh, but we only had two shots, which is, you know, it, it really goes to show the difference between the top six and us. I think they had a 10 in the same half, and they really weren't that great in the second half. Um, we had the same amount of corners as they had, uh, and we had, we, I mean, we had a lot, of ball, a lot of the ball in the second half, and we were really unfortunate not to come away with more than just the 2-1 defeat. Um, I thought that that first half, we were lucky not to be four or five down. Um, they really ripped us apart, especially down the flanks. Um, but that second half was a totally different performance. And Davy Proper, um, as to Dan's feedback, I thought he looked fantastic today all over the pitch. Um, his assist was absolutely filthy. Uh, I'm talking in the present day is because I typed all this up on the day of uh, as I was watching it. He looked fantastic on Saturday. Um, not today. His assist was, again, like, it was just filthy. Um, that outside of the boot curling cross, like, if, if Pogba had done that at the other end, um, we would have been seeing that on TV now. It would have been on ESPN. It would have been on Fox Sports. It would have been on BN Sports. Um, and that's not even including the absolute session of loving they would have had on Sky. Um it would have been all over the States. It would have been all over the Middle East. It would have been all over China. It would have been everywhere. That Pogba pass would have been everywhere. Sadly for Davy Proper, he doesn't play for United, so he just has to go away and know that he was just that good. Um, his attitude was wicked. He had, mo he had the most touches on the team today. Um, he contributed defensively with a couple of tackles and an interception as well. Um, overall, a very good day for Proper. Um, and probably my man of the match as well. He really didn't do anything wrong. Um... And honestly, for the most part, a good day for our back two again. Uh, again, to Dan's feedback, he pointed out proper Duncan Duffy as his three men to sort of heap the praise on, and I fully agree with him, funnily enough. Um, Duncan Duffy were just absolutely imperious in the air. Um, and I mean, they were, United weren't really prone to put too much in the box aerially because they didn't have a lot to offer up top. 
Um, but every time they did try one of those balls in, Duncan Duffy saw it out with no problem at all. Um, and they really caused them a couple of problems from corners uh, up top as well. So, you know, I think they were... I th- it's tough to really separate one from the other at the minute because they're both just so good. Um, and neither were to blame for either goal. Uh, and Done and Noke... 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 <laughs> Noke... Uh, Knockout were fantastic when they came on, I think, uh, and exactly the energy we needed. Um, we were looking for that extra bit of oomph up front, and I think they provided it, and the goal came shortly after, and I don't think it's a coincidence. Um, we really had them on the ropes at that point, which is crazy to think that we can say we have Manchester United at Old Trafford on the ropes for a period of time, but we did. Um, there's some arguments being had uh, on Twitter and a couple of the other message boards about whether... Uh, Florin Andone or Knockout can do that same kind of pressure for 90 minutes or whether they should remain impact subs. Um, my argument against that would be that we've seen Andone do it already. Um, we saw him do it against Palace with 10 men. Uh, we saw him do it against Bournemouth and he played the full 90 minutes. Um, so yeah, yes, yes, they can keep up that same pressure. Um, and Knockout, if you want to be uh, specific about it, with Hutton and the way he likes to rotate his wingers and strikers, um, he only really needs to be able to do it for 70 minutes as opposed to 90. So it's a bit of a strange argument. Um, you know, I would more, I would be happier seeing Knockart start next Tuesday against Fulham um, and have March sitting on the bench as a, as an impact uh, as opposed to the other way around. Because actually, I think that Solly March actually is quite quite effective as an impact sub whereas knockout is less so i think he i think he needs to start games um and hopefully they will hopefully they will get that start against fulham um and we'll see my fingers are crossed that we can make some changes for the Fulham game it's tuesday midweek um we'll see but let's keep our hopes up the bad uh, the bad was the first half obviously um we got hammered we could have been four down um, we allowed far too much space to Pogba and Rashford. Um, they looked great side uh, under Solskjaer, but we could have done more to contain them, and we didn't. Um, I think we allowed them to run the show on the flanks. Uh, Martial, Rashford, Dalot, 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 uh, Ashley Young even all looked threatening, uh, and we looked really poor. Um, on the right, we were really hemmed in because... Uh, as opposed to Jurgen Lacardia, uh, Solly March wasn't playing for a counter attack. Um, he was really sitting back and just supporting Montoya, um, and that just really allowed it to become overwhelming and a three v two all day. Um, if you go back and watch the game, um, the fullback Rashford and Pogba just sat on that left hand side um, and really just caused March and Montoya to be overwhelmed almost every time they went forward. Um, there was actually a couple of times, if you watch back the highlights, almost every time they created a big chance and it came from the left-hand side, you'll see us overloaded. Um, I don't know whether that's on Dale Stevens um, or Proper or somebody not or Gross not covering that base or whether it's on, um, on Solly March not pushing out fast enough, but it was definitely a problem. And for the left-hand side, we look constantly under pressure. Um, Bong was constantly drawn in centrally. Um, I'm not really sure why he did it. Uh, if you go back and watch the highlights again, because I watched it a few times with a long weekend going on, um, and Bong was tended to be doubling up on people that uh, David Proper or Dale Stevens already had under pressure. Um, it opened up a pass to the flank time and time again, um, and there was at least three times we, in the first half that we saw um, the fullback Ashley Young wide open on his own. 
down the left, down the right hand side, um, and Bong was chasing back. It was it was poor on both sides of the of the pitch, um, and it's something we need to work on against the bigger teams because we can't have that happen again, especially against teams like Liverpool. Or well, I guess it doesn't matter because we won't play Liverpool again this year. But you get my point. Um, and onto the ugly. Um, <clears throat> this is a funny one because he. The ugly is Gaetan Bong, um, and the reason why he is the ugly <laughs> um, segment of this is because he was he was the poorest player on the park. Um, defenders of Bong, there's a lot of them, especially this weekend I've seen coming out, and they're not going to be happy with that analysis. But you know, go to both. There's there's a couple of different sites I use for stats and and uh, and the look back on games, and one of them is the transfer market. Uh, webpage, everybody will probably be aware of that one, and the other one is the whoscored.com um, and they give match ratings based on their performances um, and he was the lowest rated player by some stretch um, on both websites, so you know, the stats the stats don't lie, even though they're not nice to look at sometimes um, I think in a microcosm, the penalty was soft um, and I don't think he played to, I don't think you can blame the defeat on him, the same as uh, Dan said, but his defending was suspect all day. Um, last season, and the thing is, it's because he's been asked to do a different thing, right? Before you all turn off and sack me off because I'm hating on Bong, I'm not. It's more acknowledging that the job he has to do this year is different to the one he had to do last year, um, and it's too much for him. Um Last season, he was quite often given one task against the top six teams especially. Uh, mark one man out of the game. He marked Salah out of the game. He marked Hazard out of the game. He marked um, He's marked a lot of very, very good wingers out of the game, especially last year. That was his one job, to literally make another man on the other side become totally invisible. And he did it with absolute quality. Um... He has only 0.3 attempts of people trying to dribble past him are successful. That's the best in the Premier League. Um, when he is asked to do that job, he is one of the best fullbacks outside of the top six, given just that job. This year, um, he's being asked to do a lot more and can't cope with it. Um, he ha- he is being asked to provide attacking width. He is being asked to prov- uh, mark men as they come at him, as well as staying in defensive shape. Um, he's getting three different tasks this year, and it's a lot. He's asking to attack. He's asking to keep that man out of the game, and he's asking to stay in defensive shape and keep up with the rest of the team. Um, it's something he's just not capable of doing. Um, it's not. It's too much for him, and it's not that people routinely beat him and put him on his butt and he goes and people ghost past him it's more the fact that he's caught out of position and that's what leaves him in big trouble um and the thing is is if you if you can remember back to the championship season um and there's a couple of them on there if you go back to the youtube channel brighton's youtube channel you can go back and watch a couple of championship highlights and when bong plays he's asked to he's being asked to do the same job as he's doing now um he's being asked to attack he's being asked to keep men out of the game and he's asked to keep defensively uh sound with the rest of the team and even in the championship there were a lot of occasions where he was caught uh out of position but his pace at that level was just so much 
uh, again, a jail-free card that it really wasn't a problem, and he was able to do that no problem, and you can see the difference. Um, it's really quite apparent that the Premier League is just that extra step up, and it's something that, well, I mean, you can see Bernardo can do it, and Bon can't. Um, it's a sad way of the world. Like, people hit their level, and that's it. You know, my level was Sunday League. <laughs> Most people's levels are Sunday League. I'm not trying, you know, there's a lot of people, I've seen a couple of really stupid arguments out there saying that he's a Premier League footballer, so, you know, our opinions aren't really warranted, but they are because, you know, everybody's welcome to an opinion, and I think that I think that he was a poor player against United. I think the penalty was incredibly soft, um, but it, again, that one small moment in the game... Um, Pogba's touch was fantastic. There isn't a lot of people who could have done much against it, but the rest of the game in which was was his problem, really. So that's the end of that segment. I'm not going to go any further than that. Um, I've got this, I've got my thoughts and feelings on it. I've got numbers to back it up. Um, Bong is not good enough to be in this team, and Bernardo cannot come back soon enough. All right, on to the top five stories of the week. Uh, Story number five, we'll just start straight in, because um, as you know, these are the five stories that happen uh, based in or around the Albion that I decide are the top five most relevant stories of the week, and we go through them. Um, so story number five, uh, Marcus Sutner has gone on loan to FC Dusseldorf for the rest of the season. Um, good for him. I think he will almost definitely have a transfer in the summer. Um, there's no way he stays here during that moment. Um, we have two left backs, regardless of what I just said about Bong. Um, we have two left backs that Hutton's very happy with, and there's no way Sutton's going to get any more game time. Um, so off to Dusseldorf he goes. Uh, I hope he does well. Um, you know, he actually played really well against them. It's the one thing I can really remember is how well he played against them in that preseason friendly and how excited I was. Um, and it just didn't really work out. So, you know, his delivery on the ball was fantastic. It was sadly just his pace uh, that lacked. He couldn't really get forward or backwards um, at this with the pace of a, the, the Premier League. So he's got unknown to Dusseldorf. Um, and... You know, hopefully this can kickstart his season because, well, his career again because it's uh, it's become a bit of a bit of a standstill. Um, I believe SC Dusseldorf are in the Bundesliga, uh, so yes, they are. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he does at the top flight of the German league. Um, we'll see, but good for them and good for Marcus, and I hope he does well. Uh, story number four. Um, this one is more of an overarching story, but it's uh, Matt Ryan and uh, Ali Reza's Asian Cup Jorn. Um, Iran played Oman, um, and I believe Ali Reza played almost the full game, uh, I believe. Yes, he did play the full game, um, and he scored, actually, which was great. Um, you know, I'm delighted that he got the goal, um, and I believe they went on to win 1-0, Um Please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, because, I, frankly, I didn't see the score after that, and I think that they did just go on to win it. Um, Australia play Uzbekistan um, in their in their round. Uh, let me see, actually. I do apologise. I think they've actually already played. Um, let me have a quick look. Yes, the round of 16. Um, Iran played Oman yesterday, and they won 2-0, and Yahambach scored, um, which is great. I'm so sorry. What awful... Uh, 
punditry that was jesus um and as i as i am recording this right now australia nil uzbekistan nil uh 68 minutes played um so for anybody out there who wants to know when i'm recording this you can now go back and find out um yeah i think that i think that you know ryan's playing all the games and ali Reyes is coming back from injury um australia finished second in their group weirdly enough behind jordan uh i'm not sure if that's a case of jordan or, or a team that kind of one of those smaller teams to watch in the next couple of years or whether it was just asian cup things um and iran won their group um and honestly with all due respect um i hope australia go on to lose this game um i really don't want them to win it (laughs) i want matt ryan back as soon as possible um and the sooner he flies home and gets back into the albion team the better um However, I do want Iran to keep doing well. Uh, I would really like them to keep on pushing forward because I think that Ali Razor is getting guaranteed game time and that's something he needs uh, on his track back from fitness. Um, So I would like them to go all the way to the final and possibly even win it. Uh, I hope he does the whole thing. Um, Just because he can come back with three or four games under his belt, uh, especially if he can get 90 minutes or, you know, 60, 70 minutes and start getting on the score sheet again, um, that would be pretty incredible to have have him come back. It would almost, well, fingers crossed he can perform, um, he can perform like a 20 million pound player, but, you know, it would almost be like a new signing if he came back with that kind of form. Um, So, yep, we'll see. Uh, Hopefully Uzbekistan can pull off the upset and knock out Australia in the next 20 minutes, but we'll see. Um, Story number three, and this one, uh, this one is more of a, a thing happening around us, but David Wagner has left Huddersfield this week. Um, caught everybody by surprise, actually. Um, I don't think anybody saw this one coming because everybody assumed that even if they went down, he would continue to be their manager. Um, I don't think that I don't think that anybody expected uh, Wagner of all the people to leave. Um, he left by mutual consent. Um, and Dean Hoyle, their chairman, called it a sad day. Uh, it was a truly joint decision. Um, and he he even came out and admitted that he had no intention of sacking Wagner this season. Um, he probably would have kept him on if he could. Um, and it's it's interesting to know. I would love to know why he, was, he left. Um, initially, it looked like he was sacked. But they came out very quickly to say, no, he wasn't sacked. It was all uh, mutual consent. It looks like he needs a break from football um and the reason why this is really relevant for us is because a they're in the bottom three um and that's somewhere we need to be looking to avoid at all costs um and b that's they're the team that came up with us um so you know when something big happens at newcastle or huddersfield town it's worth looking at because they're the teams we need to be looking at and comparing ourselves to um, in terms of our progress, despite the fact that Newcastle's uh, resources and infrastructure is huge and Huddersfield's is not as big as ours. It's still the fact that we went up with them, so it's always nice to keep a tab on them. Um, And Huddersfield are in big trouble. Uh, They've got 11 points from 23 games, only two wins all season, only 13 goals all season, uh, conceded 40. They're in a bad spot. Honestly, I, I will be shocked if, if anything but bottom and relegation happens to Huddersfield. Um, honestly, I would like them to stay up, to be honest, uh, because it would probably mean that one of Southampton or Burnley or Newcastle or possibly even Palace were to go down. Um, but yeah, 
as of right now, it was a it was a pretty big story. I'm surprised that Wagner left. Um, it'll be interesting to see who they get in. It'll be interesting to see how long Wagner stays out of the game. Um, and I think that, yeah, the reason it makes number three on my list is because I think that is the final death knell of Huddersfield's town in the prim- of Huddersfield Town in the Premier League. Um, and that kind of thing is worth talking about when our entire uh, mo is staying up every year. So, story number two. Um, story number two is also a pretty big one because it overarches the entire month of February. Well, really, just our next four Premier League games, five Premier League games. Um, we have an opportunity here to be close to safe by the end of February, which is insane to think that, but it's the absolute truth. We play West Bromwich Albion on Saturday. Um, and after that, we have five fixtures in the Premier League, and that is Fulham away, um, who are also incredibly in trouble. Uh, they're on 14 points from 23 games. They're conceding 51 goals. It's more than anybody else in the league by quite some stretch, and only scored 21. Uh, Ranieri's definitely uh, turned them around somewhat. They're not leaking goals as incredibly, but, you know, that they're, they're just not a great team. Um, and it's a and it's a game we should really be looking at getting at least a point from away from home. Um, so a draw would be great away at Fulham. Um, and then we have two very winnable home games back to back at Watford and Burnley. Um, and honestly, if we can take seven points from those three games, we're sat on, we're on 26 right now, 33 points, um, from 26 games. And, You've got to think that it would cause like a disaster of unknown proportions for us not to stay up at that point. Um, but yeah, we, we have Fulham away, Watford at home, Burnley at home, and then we have Chelsea away, uh, which obviously is just going to be seen as a free hit, and Leicester away. Um, Leicester are not in the greatest of form at the minute, and hopefully they can continue on a bit of a downward spiral. Um, their current last five is win-loss, win-loss, loss. Uh, they are on exactly zero goal difference, uh, 29 goals for, 29 goals against. Um, they are the absolute epitome of a mid-table team, um, but Puel is looking in big trouble. Um, I think he probably will not be manager of them by the end, uh, by the time we play him, which is kind of a shame, um, because that's what we would need to really look at, get something from there. Um, but I think that from that stretch of five games, I think that best case scenario, I think we could genuinely look at 10 points uh winning Fulham Watford Burnley and drawing with Leicester and I think worst case scenario I think we need to be looking at six points um with both wins at home against Watford and Burnley but even with the two wins uh that would put us on 32 points from 25 games and you know you've got to you've got to look at that and think we're almost there um that's a that's a huge thing for us for February um March follows on and we'll get to march at some point in the future but if it if it matters that that much really but like march's fixtures are almost kinder than february's um so there's no reason why we can't keep pushing on here but the month of february is a huge one um and we start at fulham away at the very end of january and it could really make or break the season if we ended up getting you know one or zero points from these five we're in deep trouble again somehow um, but I think we'll be okay, um, and it's a big month, so let's keep our fingers crossed, hope for some big wins at home, um, and see what we can get away and carry on like that. Um, and my number one story of the week uh, is the FA Cup fourth round. 
uh, we play West Bromwich Albion. We already covered this, uh, the game and the drama behind it with the Silver Regis tweets and all that sort of fun stuff that happened. Um, I'm sure there will be such a lot of polite fans going to the game and chatting to each other. Um, not. I'm sure it's probably going to be a rather heavily uh, heated game, which is bizarre because it's just West Brom. Um, you know, we've never had a rivalry with West Bromwich Albion, but it looks like we've created one via social media, so it should be an interesting game to uh, have kick off. Um, my starting 11 for West Bromwich Albion, we are at home, um, so I do expect us to win this um, and get a bit of a cup run going because why not, right? I think we'll start stealing goal again. Um, he was great against Bournemouth. He's done nothing to lose his cup spot. Uh, Bruno should start at right back. I think he is exactly the old head needed against a team like West Brom or in the championship. Uh, I think one of Dunk or Duffy will start. Um, and I think Balogun will take the other spot. Um, Bong will definitely start at left back uh, in the hopes that Bernardo is ready for Tuesday against uh, Fulham. Um, I think that Bissouma... And Stevens, uh, I believe Bissouma will be ready. Um, he was very close this weekend, so I think that he will be ready for next weekend. Uh, and I think that this will serve as a great run out for him. Um, and I think Dale Stevens should start just simply because he's such an important linchpin to the team. Um, and, it, you know, if we're 2 or 3 0 up by 60 minutes, take him off, give him a rest, get him ready for, for Tuesday. Um, and I would also like to see, uh, I think Kyle will start. Um, but I would like to see Sanders on the bench and maybe take Steven's spot um, at some point in this game. Uh, I think that Solly will start. I, th I would like to see Solly start, sorry. Um, and I would like to see uh, the the Swedish lad, Gaio Keres, Keres, start on the left. Um, Lockardia, Lockardia, I think he can just chill. Uh, I think he's earned a rest and getting ready for Tuesday because uh, his Kieto will not be ready. Um, I'm sure he hasn't even started training yet, so he probably won't be ready for Tuesday. Um, so I would like to see Goyo Keres get a game, um, and I would like to see Glenn Murray start up top. Um, I think it would be the perfect mix of experience and youth um, that we need, and it would also, if we played that lineup, it would also mean that the likelihood is that Knockout and Andone start on Tuesday, and that's what I really, really want. So <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to be watching the FA Cup game, of course, um, and we will do a podcast next Monday, uh, as always. Um, I'm sorry, that's wrong. I will be releasing a podcast on Monday or Sunday evening uh, covering West Bromwich Albion and, the, and this week's uh, stories. And then the following week, um, the week of... Let me double-check... The week of Tuesday the 5th of February, um, I will be doing uh, a bit of an extra podcast uh, because it will be covering Fulham and Watford. Um, so, yeah, that's that's all from me. Um, fingers crossed we can get a result against West Brom. Um, and let's look ahead to February and get those, uh, get those points on the board and see us safe. Thank you so much for listening again. Um, my name is Josh. You can follow me at TogetherBHA. Um, send any thoughts, feelings, concerns to at Twitter or TogetherBHA at gmail.com. Thank you again to Dan for sending in that thoughts and feelings himself. Um, and yeah, have a great rest of your week and be safe. <laughs>